Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. But this time we're doing it day by day because it's a TV show. (laughs) And day by day, I ask myself, why don't we have as on the show more often? Hey, I just spent the last two or three days making that a thing that's going to for sure be uh, rectified. So, Oh, oh my gosh. Whoa, this oh, is the first I'm whoa, hearing of it. <laughs> whoa, that's crazy. Hey, everyone. Ah, welcome to the show. <laughs> James slips into panic mode. <laughs> James goes, wait, then who have I been talking to? Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Who have I, I invited? <laughs> you're you're Neil Wario. Neil um, if, okay, never mind. We can't get into Wario's <laughs> stuff. We, we don't have the time for that. That's This is not a tangent we can go down. Uh, folks, listen up. We're here for more Agent Carter Season 1. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 6, and we're starting at 2 minutes and 33 seconds and going through 25 minutes and 20 seconds. And Now, the beginning is... of this scene is when uh, Peggy is sitting in the bar and then Wario comes in. Oh, God damn it. Right. we got to right. talk about yeah. Wario. Agent Wario. Yeah. Now, here's my thing. I feel like it's a little insensitive that we still haven't seen them invite Waluigi into Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like it's weird that we're pulling people in from literally other properties and we still won't pull in uh, uh, Warvis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> Warvis? I had to think of like, okay, if Wario is to Mario, which would be Peggy Carter, who is the Waluigi of this situation? Wow, like, sir. <laughs> oh, wooly. Um, <laughs> wooly, okay, wooly. So uh, let, let's get into it. So, uh, okay. And also, just to specify, this is going to be a fascinating uh, test run for me, Colin Parker, trying out using the MCU wiki versus my own shorthand. Uh, so, well, well, okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm short. Uh, it's my hand that is on a short body, I guess. Got it. Got uh, here it. we go. You actually have here, abnormally what... large hands for your body size. Yeah, uh, it's like Everlong. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Victor, if Ch- uh, okay, Victor, uh, how do you, how the fuck if, do you if say Chenko? Ivchenko. I I cannot get his name out any ever. Like it's, I feel like I stutter on the Iv part. Mm. I don't know how else to describe that, but it it bothers. I shouldn't say it bothers me because that feels like really insensitive. But it's like what I think that Ivchenko. What Ivchenko? Yeah, what Ivchenko? Okay, I think it's just like. I don't know. It's it's multiple. Uh, doesn't matter. We're That's the new tangent. the second season of What If. Yeah. <laughs> right. What if Chenko um, Marvel Zombies? Okay. Again. <laughs> Fates. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Victor of Chenko tells uh, Roger Dooley, Peggy Carter, and Jack Thompson that he was captured by Leviathan, and the lives of himself and his family were threatened if he did not cooperate. Carter is interested in the Red Room Academy and presses Evchenko for answers. Dooley tells her to follow her instincts about the possible infiltration of female spies in the United States. We'll come back to that. That's so generous. It's Yeah, it is. But it's, yeah. Carter recruits Edwin Jarvis to help to find... Okay, God. Carter recruits Edwin Jarvis to help to find flings of Howard Stark. She suspects that one of them would have a scar oh, on her mm-hmm. wrist from being... What's that? Flings, I, 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 flings as a noun is a is something that didn't. Yeah, didn't, it's that. I, that's why I had to kind of do a, another another take of it because it, it. Again, I'm reading someone else's words and not mine yeah. for once. I apologize. And, 
No, no, no. You're good. It's that thing of like, to me, I was like, listen, I'm doing, I, I already do a lot of work, you know, like maybe I could, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, and then, but like now I'm going, oh, I, I regret my decision. Um, <laughs> I think again, it's just because like, I also, I know how I write, so I know how to read what right. I write, but trying to read a sentence in someone else's voice sometimes feels very peculiar. Uh, she suspects that one of them would have a scar on her wrist from being handcuffed every night. That woman would be a spy and maybe, no, sorry, I can't add to that. That woman would be a spy who helped steal Stark's inventions. Carter and Jarvis go to the residences of different women, but none have scars. I do love that they completely leave out how much Jarvis is uh, just like reminded of how those things end. Yeah. <laughs> I think is how I'm going to leave that. Uh, the two go to the residence of Ida Emke. Where Carter gets nope, where Carter finds a bedpost that has been scratched up. Meanwhile, Daniel Sousa goes to the jailhouse that holds Sheldon McPhee, and McPhee po- positively identifies Carter as the woman who assaulted him and took the truckload of nitramine. Uh, also, that is a fucking great scene. I thought uh, that I thought that you were gonna say. Meanwhile, Jarvis has a standoff with an eight-year-old in the hallway because yeah. he does. He does that. I that is one of the funniest damn scenes I think in the entire show, because it feels a little bit like uh, that kid wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, who and, like, is They that? just kept it running. Yeah, it's just so funny have, watching him. We'll be find out in Avengers on. Oh yes, oh, good. thank yeah, God. Yeah. But it's just it, so funny how he's like un- so uncomfortable with handling that situation. And it's like they like, gave John kind of, Hughes a scene to write. It's like a yeah. home. It's like a scene from like Home Alone or like an early '90s comedy where you're like. Why is this here? Was this kid just funny looking and they just kind of <laughs> got, got, he was like good at holding a face or whatever? Like what's going on? Yeah. But, yeah. God, it feels it like so he good. wandered onto set and they should have called cut, but then someone's like, wait, hang on, hang on. Well, let's just see what happens. I, and then he's Kevin like, Feige. Uh, I know he, yeah, he wasn't, but like I didn't watch this today. I, I went over my notes today, but in my head yeah, right now, I'm picturing that little boy wearing lederhosen and holding a really big lollipop. Mm. Like, yeah, I picture him as a Gus live action Uter. Yeah. Oh, yep. And I think we that, said the like, same word, the same thing, but with different words. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, but like in my head, that kid is like, like when he gives him, I think he gives him candy, right? Or does he give I think him, he gives him like a nickel dollar. or something or something. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like that to me is like, Oh no, it's definitely a nickel. Cause I feel like in my head, I was like, off to buy a chocolate candy bar. <laughs> and then he walks off and he's like, I've got a golden ticket. Yeah. You know, he's like so excited. Mr. Anyway. Vonka will open his factory doors for me. <laughs> See, I was like, uh, in my head, I was like, I don't know how far I can go into German. And you were, you went full German and it was funnier <laughs> than what I did. Uh, and now I regret my decision. Okay. We can That's just cut Wilson your joke out. Dad. Don't worry. Yeah. That kid grew up to be Wilson Fisk's dad, actually, is very funny. That's 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 the canon in my head. He's like yeah. a future mafioso, and I was like, Wilson Fisk, who's his dad? Because we, yeah, we'll see him. In the, yeah. It, it's that thing, you know, it's a lot like uh, the doctor that we mentioned in a uh, recent episode with Az, um, where they completely yeah. glossed over the fact that it's uh, like someone who like is mentioned again in a major movie and like his son is a major villain right like that's what this feels like or a little bit of like when they were like hey remember that kid in iron man 2 that kid grew up to be peter parker right, right. Like that's what this feels like a little bit where it feels more like that than the other thing to yeah. me true because yeah, yeah i feel like saying that his name is 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 anton venko is a lot and if they'd gone further and been like my name's anton venko 
you know, from the movie and I'm like not, looked out at the screen. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to look out at the screen and say, you know, from the movie. But like the fact that they like never address the fact that like he is an inventor yeah. working on anything important there. You mean like like the fact that they name him, which I guess is supposed to be like an Easter egg, but it's like, dog, there is such a rich history there that you could have painted part of that scene work with. Yeah. And you just went. It anyway, would, just, it would just be wanted really to say the name. great if at that moment in the episode there was like a record scratch and he stepped out and he was like, I suppose you're wondering why that's important. Well, he's like, I wonder <laughs> if you want to know where my boy is. Yeah, right? I want my boy. Anyway, uh, we're getting that was very up on I know, but I would imagine. Yeah, here, hey, do, here's no, a do an impression of him. How come he doesn't talk like that? Why is his son say, I want my boy? And he's just like, hi, Peggy Carter. You know, like that's so so bizarre to me. Okay, he let's, got it from let's his get. Mom. <laughs> I guess also he was exiled out of the country. And okay, look, let's get to the episode. Dottie Underwood goes to a dentist office across the street from the New York Bell Company. She kills the doctor. <laughs> a very quick uh, overglance. <laughs> then sets up a high-powered rifle in the window directly across from Dooley's office. Ifchenko goes to the window. He sees Underwood, and she sends beams of light to inform him of her presence. Evchenko tries to get Dooley to come to the window, but he will not leave his chair. Evchenko sends a message back to Underwood that he needs more time to complete his mission, but Peggy Carter is the new target. Evchenko begins talking to Dooley about the chief's family life and his past in the United States Army during World War II. Dooley is focused on Evchenko, sorry, on what Evchenko is saying, and he talks to him in a hypnotic tone as he rubs his ring. Focus, focus. Dooley's trance is broken when Daniel Sousa tells him that they need to talk immediately. Carter and Jarvis go to L&L Automat for a meal when Carter notices that the place is being evacuated. She notices SSR agents from Washington, D.C. there trying to be unnoticeable, which I, I love that kind of trope. Uh, Carter and Jarvis fight their way out of the restaurant to have Thompson stop them at gunpoint. Carter knocks him out, but is then stopped by Sousa, and she apologizes before running off. So, lots happens in this scene. A lot happens in, in, or in this scenes. Day. In this, this day. day. So much so that we had to cut the day in half. Yeah. Um, right. So this day Correct. is not over. Uh, it's just over for today. It's just, you right. know, for, for, for now. Yeah. 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 So, Thoughts. Um, and prayers, maybe? Thoughts and prayers for Peggy Carter on the lamb once again. Yeah. Uh, once again, I don't think she's been on the lamb before. But um, this day has a really nice scene at the beginning, like the very beginning of it, where uh, it feels like Dula, Dula, Dooley is being a bit of a, a proud papa for, for Peggy, yeah. where he's like, you got a hunch, go chase it. It's like the first time that he's like, I trust you, go do what you got to do. And I love that. Yeah. That's a note that I have as well. He, and I think he's not wrong for booting her out of that room. Cause she was getting like, I support her right to like, you know, ask the questions need to be asked and whatever, but she's getting like obsessive a little bit. Like mm -hmm. even, you know, I was like, yeah, no, she, he should, he should get her out of there. Cause it's like, it's like, you know, you take your kid out, like, listen, Go play at the park. You are you are driving me nuts. Get out of here. Go <laughs> go chase a hunch. Yeah. See, but here's here's <laughs> what I I mean, okay, so I don't disagree with you, but the thing that is different in my head about this, right, is the fact that 
I think that like there's a difference between like you're driving me nuts, like you know, uh, I need you out of my hair, versus like I think that there's a moment where he kind of actually hears her, right? And here and here's what I mean, because I, I think that if he just wanted her out of there, right? I think he would just do like a thing of like, listen, Carter, it's lunchtime, go get the sandwiches, right? Uh, right. So, uh, you know, I feel like he could just be like, go get the sandwiches or whatever. Or like, you know, we need more coffee just to get her out of the room. The fact that like, you know, they step step aside, they have a conversation and they talk, right? It, we talked a few episodes back about how there are some similarities between Dooley and Phillips. Sure. Right? Yeah. And I think that there's a moment, right, where she says all this stuff and you see him kind of sit there for a second and, and think, right? And he goes... Okay. You got a hunch? Follow the hunch, right? Like it's not that right. exact phrase, but like it's something along those lines. Uh hang on, I actually wrote it down. He says, You got a hunch? Chase it. Yeah. Right? Like to me, chase it is not I'm being dismissive. He's like, Okay, you know what? Mate, like I feel like I'm ignoring what you're saying, or I have been, but like you like if you're continuously coming back and like you're clearly like you feel like you have something it's not that you have something to prove. It's that you have something to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just, it's not that you're trying to, you know, distract or anything like you, you think that you have an answer that maybe I haven't considered. It's the same thing as how at one point he was like, I fully blame uh, Stark, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then he gets to a point where he starts being like, no, you know what? Actually, I just want answers. Yeah. He's coming around. Like, right, that's when he's talking to Jarvis when they're over in, in right. Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, like he, he, he has that moment where he kind of, he kind of stops obsessing and goes, you know what? I'm I'm only looking at it through a narrow spot. So he widens his horizon. I um and I think he does the same thing with Carter there. Yeah. I, I somewhat disagree. I, I agree that that is the result. I, I looked at it more and this and this could just be two different descriptions of the same flavor. I looked at it as I can't just dismiss you and send you to go get the sandwiches after Russia. Yeah. Because you obviously proved yourself to be incredibly resourceful, not only in having the Howling Howling Commandos at your beck and call, but also you saved lives. You got people out of there. You were, you know, you clearly have skills that we've been discounting. Right. I don't think that you have something, but I'm not going to say go get the sandwiches. You have a lead. Go chase it. That serves two purposes. One, you stop badgering this poor, innocent Russian doctor who has done nothing wrong and is pure, is yeah. just fine and innocent. And two, if you're right, then that's a win too. Mm-hmm. Like it's sort of like a, it's like a put your money where your mouth. Like he gives her a look that's sort of like you have a lead. It's it's thin. He says that's thin, and she's like, yeah, but it's better than whatever. And he's like, go chase it then. Sure. It's sort of yeah. like prove me wrong, children. Prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, but see, I feel like still that proves my point more, right? Because I okay. feel like saying. Like, okay, like, you think you have something? All right, prove it, right? Like, that's not but, him saying, I don't believe you. I think it's like, all right, you know what? Like, because I feel like it's easy to sideline someone and say, absolutely, there's no basis in that. Right. Like, get like get back on track, right? And here's the final reason, right? Right. Like, here's another part of that conversation, right? Like, there's a, Dooley says something to her after that, that to me is, again, also a change in how he addresses their their relationship and their dynamic right he ribs her about something that he has talked about before with her 
but like this time again, sorry, this time it's ribbing and not like him being kind of a little bit of like a, a dickwad. Yeah. Right. To me, he says something to her the same way that he has said things to Thompson and Sousa when she says chase it. And like, it fully stops her because like he actually kind of gives her the go ahead and she doesn't have to continue to press. And he says like, again, like it's not like he, cause it's all about the tone and the, the expression on his face. Right. It's not smug. He goes, hear that? You can really keep your mouth shut if you try, right? Like, it's a fucking sick burn in terms of, like, for him, right? I mean, it's, okay, when I say it's a fucking sick burn, I mean, like, it is still a little bit like, <laughs> it's I'm rude. a man in the 1940s, <laughs> right? But it's that thing of, like, at the end of the day, though, like, she does have to talk a lot, and I, part of it is because people sure. don't listen to her. Yeah, But, sure. like, the burn for sure is of, of him being, like, See, I do pay attention. It's like, but you talk a lot, Carter. And he's like, gotcha, right? Like he, but like, I, I, I think it's like, okay, I feel like I'm not presenting this the, the best, but like <laughs> what, I, what I'm getting at is, is if he was like, you know, mm, speechless, finally, right? Like, to, like something along those, like if he said it like, God, finally, you yeah. shut the fuck up. He, he, right? was, uh-huh. he was cracking wise at like with her instead of at her. Is, I Correct, think, and that's say. why I feel like okay. he's he's being supportive and not being like you know just get out, get the hell out of my hair, you know. I think it's very Phillips. I think it's very very much like a Phillips thing where it's because I guess the question that I have, my question is what shuts her up. He says, "You have a you have a hunch, go chase it," and she doesn't have anything to say to that. It feels to me like if she was like. Finally, great. Okay, cool. I will. Thanks, Chief. Bye. She, I think she is. She is momentarily speechless because he's challenging her, and I don't think it's in a mean way. I think we've talked from the very beginning, from the very first time we meet Dooley, we've talked about how he is a boss first, and he knows that he's her boss. And mm-hmm. when she, when he, when he perceives that she's getting in the way of, of work just to get in the way of work because she was Captain America's girlfriend or whatever, he calls her on it. But when he sees that she's getting results, he's not going to stand in her way, but she he is like, I don't think he's necessarily being like, I support you, I see what you're saying. I think he's more saying, kind of like with, I don't know if Sousa um, has has talked to um, Dooley about the tap, the fingertip, I'm getting sidetracked. I think that he's saying, you're a professional. Bring me back something. I don't necessarily think that he's on the, I'm getting on board with what you're saying. I think he's like, I'm get, I'll am i get on board with what you're saying if you bring me results. I think that if there's a spectrum of Flynn to Phillips, right? I think okay. that Dooley is clearly not fully to one side, but I think that he leans more heavily on Phillips than Flynn. And to Mm. me, when he says, like, you got a hunch, like, you know, all right, chase it, right? Like, because, again, like, it's not like he is, like, cutting her off to say, you got a hunch, like, go chase it. Like, you know, get get out of here. Like, I'm going to give you a challenge that you're you're gone, right? The fact that she says all this stuff and, like, she's sort of, uh, I don't want to say prattling on because then that makes it feel like I'm agreeing with him. But I just mean, like, she does... Uh, kind of what I do, which is sometimes you kind of give almost more information than you need to because you just need to get, you, you know, you keep going until someone says something. But like he literally like stops 
and he kind of goes, hmm. you got a hunch, Chase, right? I, I think it's that thing of kind of like what you were saying earlier. We've just seen her do a mission and now it's like she's actually done a mission and it's not been the mission of go get the sandwiches. Dually has a character arc here, right? And I think that this is part of the time period in which we are starting to supposed to lean more on liking him. For sure. Absolutely. I think you're both wrong. And he, no, I'm kidding. Great. Um, that makes my point more. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I did write in my notes though. I wanted to say this, that this episode and the next one are the only two episodes of this show where I actively like Dooley. Mm-hmm. Um, because for the rest of it, he just kind of seems standoffish and kind of a, an asshole. But he shows some notes in this episode, both in this scene and like in the stuff with his his family that we're going to get into, probably. Yeah. Um, like seeing seeing him from the other side, like his his familial side and how he interacts with his wife and his kid like that. Yeah. That really touched me, that scene, even though it's. I'm getting ahead of us here because that's that's the next yeah. episode and everything. But that scene, you know, did a lot for for Dooley for me personally. Yeah, I I think that what is in, you know so when I was talking about like that arc that character arc for for Dooley, I think what that character arc is to some extent is that he kind of when we first meet him we're sort of even though he is doing some detective work, it is a little bit like I am still a World War Two army man. Yeah. And then he starts, le- like, then the further we get into it, the more we get to, I'm a, de- I don't want to say detective, because like, I don't want to say that he becomes more of a cop, because I don't think that makes him more likable, but more of like a, an investigator. I guess, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because that's true, there's like private investigators, like, you know, like Dick Tracy, I don't think is a cop, right? Um, right. He's just a, he's, uh, he is a detective, though. Um, private like a, a private eye, yeah, yeah. private eye, right? I think yeah, a, so public like, de- a private detective is a Dick Tracy, and a public detective is a, yeah, anyway, yeah. Sorry, so like a Jake Brother or whatever, but like, uh, or worse, uh, but like, I think that he goes from being like, you know, okay, men, let's get this job done, you know, like right. it's going by the books, and like again, being like, I'm angry and I'm blaming someone, even though we don't actually have proof, it's this guy, right? Like, right. he's narrowing in, and he's like, we're gonna get the job, we're gonna get our man. Yeah. And then eventually he starts to open up and he starts to be like, oh, okay, there's more going on. And he yeah. starts, you know, having bigger, yeah. wider thoughts and stuff like that. And I think that he ends up becoming more likable when he stops treating the people as if they're soldiers, essentially, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, I feel like Krasminski's death changed that, too. I agree with that. I agree with that um, very much. Because there's it's, it's a little bit of like it's a fallen soldier moment and he gets angry. But then when he kind of comes down from that, he is finally relaxed and uh, not not relaxed but like he he kind of is like okay you know what maybe i've been putting pressure in a weird way or in the wrong way or whatever he there's um, a less of a patriotic i feel like yes. the thing that i was getting for in the beginning is he's like this man is against our country mm-hmm. and he turns that into there's something bigger than just a stark uh snarky a snarky stark testimony situation mm-hmm. and there's more in this game and he's a, i think he's a you know I think he's a smart man. Sure. And I think that he 
once he he drops the like we need to, he's a fugitive from law from justice or whatever and turns it into what's actually going on here i think it turns it into not another day at the office is maybe what we're seeing here where mm-hmm. he's been like we're in it's post world war 2 we're rounding up folks but now this is a mystery this is an actual mystery this is we a can mystery not a battlefield yeah, yeah for sure exactly yeah yeah um so okay I mean, if we have anything else to talk about for this scene, we can definitely talk about it. I have uh, two other notes about two different scenes that um, that I definitely wanted to talk about. So, you know, again, like I said, if anyone has anything else about this one, let's keep going. But if not, um, do we want to talk about any of the other scenes that happened uh, in this uh, section? Poor Jarvis. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, the man, the man gets hurt a lot, I think. And I'll, and I would say, 95% of it is because of Howard Stark. <laughs> yeah. This he doesn't deserve this. I don't know why it's yeah. happening to him. It He's was a great guy. It was bad to watch. Mhm. Uh from that same section, uh one of the notes that I had written down was uh the moment where they talk about Ginger Rogers as an assassin. I thought that that moment was hilarious. Uh Jarvis's fear in that moment to me is incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, the fear in his eyes feels real. Like, I feel like that's acting, baby. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, I Two things. One, Ginger Rogers was born on my birthday, and I will bring it up every single time she comes up, I swear to God. Uh, two, uh, I think there's something to... He supports Howard Stark, and therefore, as an avatar for Howard Stark, it's less of a poor Jarvis and more of a uh, get-your-boy, like keep your man in check he's been an asshole to me you're here as his messenger you're here as a representative like i think it's less of a poor i think it's a poor jarvis but i think that's jarvis's decision to keep on being that role and supporting someone who is hurting these women and hurting is a strong word i think but like okay but like okay if if i said if i bullied as on this episode okay Like, let's say, like, right now, I chose to really bully Az. And I was like... Oh, man. I was like, hey, nice shirt, nerd, right? Uh-huh. Um, which, actually, it is a nice shirt, by the way. But, Thank like, you. let's say... It's about That Arby's. really... <laughs> that's on brand. Uh, that's hilarious. I hadn't... That's very funny. I just My thought it was, says, like, one of those... I'm not afraid to go to hell. I've eaten at Arby's for the listener. I've been reading... Uh, I'm not afraid hell... And I didn't. Uh, I thought those were just Japanese characters there for some reason. Yeah. That's really and funny. And now I see that. Yeah, I thought it was just like one of those, like you know, the Twitter account of like this shirt goes hard. And I mm-hmm. thought it was like kind of like a shit posting shirt, which it t- still it is. is. Yeah. Uh, but like it has an extra layer to it that I didn't realize. But like I'm just saying, like if I said that to Az, right? Like maybe while James got up to get like a glass of water, and then two weeks from now, you two were like, "Hey, let's get lunch" or something like that, or you run into each other in public, right? Would you like just because you're my friend, and you support me? Would you feel cool if As was like, bam, smacked you in the face and was like, "You it, tell Colin Parker to stop, you know, bullying me about my t-shirts." Right? If As was the if if you were the only connection between me and As, and As and I didn't have a separate friendship apart from you, yeah, then yeah, I would feel fine about that. I would feel like I, that was justified. If I didn't really? stand up for if I didn't stand up for As right now and say, "Hey, Colin, you're out of line." Well, you weren't here, as I was the, saying. Oh, then, scenario. yeah. I mean, if I'm like, hey, remember, remember, hi, I'm James. I'm here on behalf of Colin. And as was really sensitive about their T-shirt game. And, and so, you know, because 
sex and and t-shirts are not the same although that podcast idea who knows if i'm there strictly as a representative i have no other relationship with as besides being a representative from you and truly if i'm in your employ I don't think hitting people is necessarily the answer. I just don't yeah, think I don't necessarily yeah. think that Jarvis is like it's kind of, mm, mm. You know how like uh blue lives matter doesn't make sense cuz you can choose to be a cop. Mhm. Yeah, Jar- Jarvis yeah. chooses to be employed by Howard Stark. I can see that. I can see it. But also, I like to feel bad for him because oh, I like for him. sure, <laughs> for it's. I mean, that's. I think that's why it's funny is because you yeah. feel bad and also you understand what's. It's if it was just senseless violence, that would be upsetting. But because Peggy's there, like, yeah, same though. Like she doesn't give any of the women high fives. Yeah, per se. <laughs> but like, well, I, you know, it's what's funny. Actually, I realized though now the reason. <laughs> so this is this is quite funny. So like they. Those women are coming from a standpoint of like, he has caused me suffering. Right. Right. The funny thing about that is that Peggy is like, yeah, girl. Right. Because he has also caused her suffering just in a different way. So it is very funny that like, it is like kind of like it's same hat, just different color. Yeah. He forced you into betraying your country too. No, he slept with me and then didn't call. Oh, yeah. All right. And and they're like, doesn't that kind of betray the United States? And they're like, yeah, you know what, actually? Yeah. (laughs) Now, Howard Stark is the Nick Cannon of the 1940s. Let's discuss Mm. that for a moment. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) He only had one kid that we know of. Um, But uh, I don't know. I mean, I I had written... Yeah, I'd I'd written down that scene. I think it's, it's, uh, it's very funny. And also, again, it's tragic to watch Jarvis just get hit. Time and time again, like mm-hmm. catches I, the hand and gets kicked. Yeah, yeah. I I think part of the thing that that sucks about it though, and I just put this together too, is that I understand what you're saying about like you know he makes the decision to continue to be in his employee and stuff, but let's also not forget that Stark got Jarvis out of the situation that he did. Like Stark, for sure, effectively saved Jarvis, and so he feels like he owes it to him. Right. But it also feels like okay, at what point do you, does he now start owing you again? Right. You know. And if you're going to um, so, do bad things on someone else's behalf just because you owe them, like, no, maybe the which reminds come me, around. Which one of you is cool with doing some light tax fraud for me? <laughs> That's mean, James. Tax fraud in that I don't know how to do it. You got it. Perfect. Uh, I, I, do, send you I do some... all my taxes perfectly. So nice. I do too. IRS. Thank you for listening to our show. Oh, yeah. That's who I'm talking taxes. to. Good. That's good. Um, I, I deduct them all. That's <laughs> that is good. Uh, all right. I only have one other scene that I definitely had like a note on, and then um, oh, well, we'll see I, if anyone has anything. Well, we're talking oh, sorry, about the the Stark and his his ladies thing. I think mm-hmm. it's so funny that he has a bracelet thing that he does. Yeah, like that bit is it's so funny to me. Like I know that yeah. it's it's in there because they needed a way to like track down everybody, like reasonably. Right. Um, hang on a second. Bracelets and handcuffs are the same thing. Yeah. Wrist wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, they need a, need a reason to look at their wrists. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, 
here's also something hilarious about that though is like when you think about it too what i love about that is that howard thinks that that is kind he thinks that he's doing something so nice i think right by giving them like a gift or whatever and like i i love like the the concept of like this guy who somehow like knows how to talk to women in the beginning and like he knows how to get through steps one two and three but then step four the follow-up like he, the follow-up <laughs> like the genius suddenly is like i clearly understand the situation mm-hmm. and like be, for what I guess because Jarvis has never told him, hey, actually, by the way, you do not actually understand them. Yeah, it is actually going terribly, and so in the whole time sense, Stark's like, it's going great. In that sense, I'm with James on you know Jarvis is actively working for him. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, or do you think he's, he's likable once you get him. to know him? Like, yeah, all these words. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Or do you think that he tells him that it doesn't work? He's like, what? No, of course it does. And he just like, I would like to Jarvis. think that that's the answer. But I, I also like the fact that I like to think that Jarvis is just like, no, oh, what? Yes, sir. Yes, of course. Yes. So just yeah. not listening to whatever he's saying. He's like, oh, yeah, women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's like, what did what did Stark have to say on the phone? He's like, I don't know. Benny Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> or he or it's that thing of like, you know, like, uh. I can't think of like the the phrase for it necessarily, but it's like, in a way, I guess it's like mansplaining or like anytime you see someone try to explain something like on the internet to someone who's like, I, yeah, I understand, I wrote that book, right? Right, right, right. It yeah, is yeah. start trying to explain women to Jarvis, who has like the greatest relationship in the world, <laughs> who yeah. has been like the best husband, and like, ha- like clearly actually understands, you know, like. Right. You know, women or at least one in particular. But like I would argue that like, you know, you can never understand an entire generalization, but like yeah. by understanding his wife, like he clearly understands how to speak to people. Mm-hmm. Right. And like just the fact that he's like, You are explaining to me the thing that makes me clearly better. Okay, no, that's mm-hmm. fine. And he's like, You wanna talk about how to talk to he like yeah. showing his his ring finger, right? Um it's it'd be like if I try to tell James about marriage Sorry. or whatever. Oh right. no, you're fine. Or uh, it's being a parent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Hmm, well. Mm. It's like when I tell you guys about eating chicken. <laughs> well, no, wait. We would listen to that because you would be the professional in eating chicken. Oh, I if had we, it backwards. Expert. Yeah. If we if we were like, as let me talk to you about chicken sandwiches. And you're like, yeah. I, I know I know everything. Yeah. I know That's why I don't talk to people about uh, Marvel or, or music or anything like in my like at my job because mm-hmm. I'm sort of like. There's I know a line in Groundhog you. Day where he's like, uh, "Did you want to talk about what the weather? Or are you just making chit chat?" Because the mm-hmm. ladies like clearly just making chit chat, and he's the weather expert. Right. I feel that right, right. so hard, and I just yeah. don't bring it up. Like, I hear someone talk, "Oh, did you see go see the new Marvel movie?" I walk, I walk out of the room because I can't. Because I, I right. just, I don't necessarily know more than anyone at my job about whatever. I don't right. want to find out where that line is with yeah. these. people people and but also when someone's like i think namor is gonna end up being uh the next iron man because he had said that they had metal and you're like what the fuck does that do you hear yourself you know and then you're just like all right i need to excuse myself i know more than this person mm-hmm. i need to leave i would I need engage to leave that situation. person because uh that is so far-fetched and wild that i want to let's, let's explore if? that yeah what if namor yeah. was iron man uh, do we have anything else for the bracelet scene? Nah. 
I do uh, have... The way th- oh, sorry. Go ahead, James. Oh, sorry. Just the way that the jeweler... I think that it's it's interesting the way they're portraying how charming Howard Stark is. Haha, <laughs> charm. Because, yeah, that's like Pandora. <laughs> um, this episode brought to you by Pandora. Um, open that box with Pandora. <laughs> wow. What? This Christmas. Whoa. Okay. Uh, no, write that one down. No. Um, but the way that the gemologist is like, I mean, like clearly like the list of, of celebrities that he has Gem- given these bracelets to is, mm-hmm. bracelets to is, is, is impressive. But the, like the, the, the sort of awestruck zeal that he has for Howard Stark and like, oh yes, it's his finest, whatever. Like it sort of feels like it doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. Like it, you're a, a fan of Howard Stark and it sort of explains Jarvis's devotion a little bit where it's like he walks in the room, he's charming, he's handsome, he's smart, he's confident, he knows what's up. He's you can't uh, he not has like sort him. of a yeah, he has sort of a, a, a magnetism to him. Yeah. But you know like why this guy iron. can't not like him? Because what? he's putting his fucking kids through college. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's for bought, sure. He's he's bought that store twice over. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh there's definitely of course that. Mrs. Stark. I love Mrs. Stark. But isn't there, isn't, and maybe that's all that it is. But I felt like there was a bit of a like, he's a it's probably It's probably both. Yeah, it's probably both. It's like, it's probably like, I'm a simp that can't find anyone. And this guy finds women left and right. Like, what a player. Fucking cool guy. Like, he's the Andrew Tate of the... No, he's not. This he's guy has, has kids like, and and no wife and he can't find anyone. What a... I like this guy's backstory. Okay, What's you going know, on? Okay, listen. <laughs> I've, I've created two different narratives yeah. here. I, it's... It, Maybe he doesn't have kids yet. I th- I just mean it's like it's the the idea that when he does have kids, they'll be they'll be set. It's putting uh, my kids' fingers crossed through college. <laughs> He's like, listen, I met this girl down at the uh, the automat. Who knows? Maybe yeah. someday. It's like that uh, that Duolingo story where it's like, can you find my girlfriend? And then it's I don't like think I've gotten that one yet. And he, and she's like, uh, she's like it. Uh, she has she's tall. She has dark hair. She wears whatever, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know. Where did you see her? Oh, I haven't met her yet. Have you seen her? It's a, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's yep. a little bit like the you look a lot like my next girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. You know, bad pickup line. Um, oh, it's a bad one. Okay, hold on. <laughs> can't James go ahead? James, it's okay. You're married. Yeah, you can always pick up a you know, you can always pick up your spouse. Yeah, that's true. So it's a good point. Yeah, Plastic never surgery. Get your change your face and your voice. Your body size. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I got you a, a different husband. <laughs> I'm it, different it's now. Me, but I, it's James. <laughs> it's different James. New James. Like new Coke. Yeah. Um, do you like this formula better? James Classic. Oh, God. Fill That's out this questionnaire. And I really hope you don't say no because <laughs> it's expensive to undo it. Um, we have a second Morgan. Th- no. Uh, so... Uh, I, I want to move us on to one. Oh, but more I think Az before. had something oh. that I had then inter- I had interrupted. Oh, did you? oh, oh I'm yeah. So sorry. I just wanted to say one sentence about the most well, not the most irrelevant scene in this episode because that is the scene with the <laughs> the kid. Um, I just want to say one yeah. sentence about this and then move on from it because I think it's all that needs to be said. Sure. The dentist had it coming. Oh, oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. That guy has 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 sexually assaulted people. Yeah. Like, for sure. Oh, for like sure. for I don't no think... doubt in my mind. Like recently. Yeah. 
this is one of those interesting situations in terms of like Dottie knows that she's evil and she doesn't have an issue with killing anybody. Yeah. But when she clearly recognizes that that is what she's this like, kind of guy oh, is. This guy she's sucks. Like, nice. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of like a, okay, <laughs> this is just because he's a dentist, but <laughs> well, I, what I was thinking is that she probably was trying to see if she could get her, get her way into some sort of office window. Right. Right. That was facing that way. Like she probably checked a couple other floors and couldn't, either get in or like there were too many people too many witnesses but the fact that it was a guy that was all alone he was he was doing interviews yeah. uh, but then was also like oh here's this creepy vibe I think she was like okay I'm definitely gonna kill you then <laughs> yes seducing yeah. me him, himself for mm. me mm. <laughs> turns out you're an asshole yeah this is perfect you know I think that that is like I don't mm-hmm. think that when they did that, I don't think it was meant to be like a joke, right? Like I think it no, is no, 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 like or like a throwaway. I think it is very clear, like that thing of uh, you know, two like two t- different types of evil in this. Yeah, world. there's evil yeah. and there's evil. I was like, there's I was evil and there's like, evil, yep. and she's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna actually enjoy killing you instead of it just being like, a, oh, I'm so sorry, but it's out of necessity. Now she's like, oh, this is actually gonna be fun. This is great. Yeah. Love this. I think yeah. I and I think Love this it really shows. By the fact that she didn't shoot him, she took his drill to his eye, is yeah. what she mm-hmm. did. Yeah, she was like, "I'm gonna enjoy killing you. I'm gonna do yeah. it in a fun way, and I'm gonna take my time." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I always forget just how creepy he is and how I'm like, "Nah, yeah, no, nah, all right, good, go goodbye, ahead. goodbye, sir." <laughs> I think if we can uh, shift subtly into the into the she's killed him and set up, is there a reason other than to build plot tension that the signaling device is on the scope of a sniper rifle? Like I, I know we're supposed so. to, as an audience, yeah, think she's gonna shoot him. Yes, I think for sure. But in the world where we know that they're working together. We don't. Well, we aren't in that world necessarily, but in the world I, where she knows that, I think that this is the situation. I think that so you know. I think that this is where they reveal for sure. That oh, he's for evil. sure. Yeah. Like, Why does she have that device? Um, I I actually think it is because she needs to be able to see him and his responses. Yeah. Great. And again, so also yeah. initially, she's yeah. trying to say get him to come to the window. So she also needs to be able to aim and hit yeah. what's his face, uh, Dooley. Were they gonna try? Were they gonna shoot Dooley? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Oh, because we even because okay. you had even I think you had even said, or maybe I said it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Actually, I think the, hang on one second. The first message is is forget old plan, new plan, kill Agent Carter. Yeah, hang on. Uh, Dooley feels insulted for some reason. He can't really figure out why. <laughs> it would be really funny if if Chenko's first message to her in Morse code was oh shit why do you have a gun <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so okay here here's what it is it, uh, in the MCU wiki that's what it was it was I had read it not heard you say it I think it's right. because I knew I didn't say it well I did but you right. know what I'm saying no yeah that makes um, sense so it says uh, if uh, if Chenko tries to get Dooley to come to the window but he will not leave his chair so if Chenko sends a message back to Underwood he needs more time to complete his mission but Peggy Carter is the new target um, and I think that that's a thing where they've been doing some subtle, like, uh, slash sometimes not so subtle, 
work to show you that, oh, actually they didn't save him. He did purposefully get himself brought here, you know? Yeah, um, sure. But like, this is one of those moments where like, again, it's been sort of subtle up into that moment. And so when you first see him in the crosshairs, you really think, oh shit, he ran away. And like the, the Russian person's coming after him. And then when he signs back, you're like, that is a holy shit moment. Yeah, um, I mean, for sure. Um, maybe. Absolutely. Or maybe you're well, just like, oh shit. You know? I think that I think that the the answer is absolutely a scope. You can see what he's saying, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to be like dot dash. Um, so he can be sort of subtle with that. I think she probably has the sniper rifle already, mm-hmm. so she doesn't have to like purchase a new device right. or whatever. Um, and then if Dooley does come to the window, right, he, she can she could shoot him. I also, I've also like as a, you know, him being like a, a, a psychologist or whatever. I also mm-hmm. sort of feel like, come, 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 look at the out the window with me, is like the perfect way to get Dooley to be like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna yeah. sit. I'm just gonna stay seated here. I'm good. You see one building, yeah. you see them all. I'm from New well, York. I was gonna say that's... what is funny is like that is actually I think what undoes his plan. Yeah, is because I think that in his head he's like but I can be charming and like me being a tourist is going to be like, you know, enticing. But like to him, he's like, he's like, okay, he doesn't smoke like this, but to him, he's like, I seen the buildings every day, sweetheart, sit down, you know? And he's like, oh, fuck. Okay. It's in the playbook clearly because that's exactly what Dottie did. Uh, mm. I'm going to go on a tour. I, you know, I'm going to see the statue of Liberty. I'm going to yes. see the yes. state building. You're right. Obviously Jeez. it's, New York City, man. Here's the five things you mentioned New York to be an innocent City, tourist. Baby. Right, exactly. Yeah, this is how you f- like. This is how you make someone think that you're innocent. You know, in 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 over there, is you you fake this the show so much. Yeah, yeah the show. <laughs> when this show knows what day it is, uh, it rules. Yeah. I mean, for, for for fucking fair, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh Peggy, did you get the future newspaper I sent you? Yeah, Howard, what is the point of that? Yeah, what what how did you do that anyway? <laughs> uh, okay. Let me let me just mention one final quick thing and then let's do the Avengers ensemble. Yeah. Um and that is it's it's I don't need, we don't need to talk about the entire scene where uh Sousa talks to Sheldon McPhee, mm. but I the I did write one note which is that like I think one of the best line deliveries that he has uh at the very least in this season is when he shows the picture to McPhee and he's like, he's like immediately like, no, that's her. And he's like, are, and he goes, are you sure? Right. He, like, he double checks with him and he's like, you know, like, you can't forget that when he hangs his head and he's like, why, what's wrong? He's like, like, do you know her? Or like, who is she? Right. Is what he says. And he goes, not who I thought she was. The yeah. way he says that it is like such a heartbreaking delivery. Yeah. And I think that is some, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad actor to be clear, but I'm no. saying, I think that is his best acting in that season. Absolutely. Excellent it is delivery. like, it's one of the most like real emotions I feel like that he has, and it's like, damn, for sure. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, I also I had uh, a couple final things to say before Avengers. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to do some research to bring to this episode. Um, we love James's that face is so big and a smile I... right now until I tell you that I didn't find anything. <laughs> oh no! That's part of the game. That's part of the yeah. game. Um. <laughs> So I wanted to find some, and I I will admit I didn't look long. I wanted sure. to find <laughs> out if there was any like real world like 
anything to the the spinning of the ring hypnosis mm, as the hypnosis thing mm. sure yeah so did you know that uh when you type hypnosis ring into google you get a lot of like comic book ads for things that don't work like the swirly <laughs> thing that's on a ring that. so it's a back of the comic book sort of reference thing that's <laughs> that's that's really cool yeah when i googled it before i was just like this is none of this is what i'm looking for it was like hypnosis ring etsy i'm like no no i want like the history of this and i could not find yeah. it um and then besides that i just wanted to say the fight at the automat is cool that's what i uh, wanted yeah, to say it, too yeah yeah gorgeous somehow forgot about that somehow yeah. Uh, when you when you were saying poor Jarvis, I was like, does he get his ass hit? I think he does pretty well in that fight because I no, forgot he does about great the in that fight. Yeah. Yeah. The the sliding. I think. Hmm. This is a strong take. I think all fight scenes should be set to 1940s swing music. It's just. What I'm, I'm in. Saying. I'm it's, into it. Yeah. Like it. It works on a level that that I really really enjoy, and oh. like the cool th- way she's like, oh, that's Agent So and So, and that's Agent So and So. Yeah. We're, we're having a fight now. <laughs> I think that that scene is also the first time we see the automat being an automat. Where she's like getting food out of the the warmer. For sure. It's it's the it's definitely the first scene where like it's not an automat but mostly Angie brings you food. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Angie doesn't understand the, how an automat's supposed to Angie stop delivering them food. It's not <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like at home. I tell people when dinner's ready. The dinner's right there. I bring it to them. I don't know what this is. Just like my cousin Arthur used to say, um, right before he got hit by a bus. Right. You're like, what the fuck? And she's no, like, different that was, cousin. That was the crazy other guy. that it happened twice. Same you bus. Know? <laughs> yeah, that guy had such bad luck. He was like, again. Yeah. Uh, the casual way that that Thompson is holding the gun, it's great and excellently like blocked for Chad Michael Murray. And it makes me just, I just, it just makes, uh, it make, it's such a like fucking Thompson. God damn it. Like, he's just like, I knew you would be coming. I'm leaning. He has, he's leaning mm. with it. And he just has it like sort of not even like pointed arm extending. He just has it as his, at like his waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's so cool, but in such an assholey way. Colin, um, can you uh, edit this back in when we were making the jokes about the cousin getting hit by a truck? Uh, his yeah. name was actually uh, Youch. <laughs> That's really good. That's very funny. <laughs> that's very good. Youchy, youchy, youchy. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I say when I get hit by a car. Youch. <laughs> if, if we can get a shirt that's just Yauk's head three times... <laughs> And underneath it, it says Yauki, 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 Yauki. Yeah. Or Yauchi, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, we'll, we'll workshop you, it. We, 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 people get the joke. Yeah. The, um, that's next, that's next episode. Ah, right? shit. I got ahead of myself. Um, huh? Head? I got ahead of myself. Oh, uh, um, oops. oh, okay. I, I'm going to say it now because I'm not going to say it later, so I don't have to explain it. Um, Adam Yauk is the name of one of the Beastie Boys, and I said that because Yauk got killed, uh, the Beastie Boys can, can't form in the MCU. Um, because Yauk is Adam Yauk's like relative, unless like that's his origin story. Is like that's his grandfather, and like he he's like you know I can't wait to meet Grandpapa. Is like well, unfortunately, you can't. Ever since I heard bus. my dad was hit by a truck, truck, I, I was gonna make I the same joke. A fuck, <laughs> I was gonna right. make the same joke, James. Damn it. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> hey. Good. Uh, I'm ready to do an Avengers Ensemble. Shall I oh, do an Avengers Ensemble yeah. real quick? No, let's just end the episode. No, I'm kidding. All yeah, right. go for it. Cool, 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 cool. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Great energy. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right. So, uh, Esther, who is the lady at the automat, who says, This is, you're so good, or whatever, to Angie, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the one that isn't Peggy Carter, uh, and <laughs> okay. is older, uh, is played by a woman named Joyce Greenleaf. Um, she was in one episode of American Horror Stories. Uh, which is the anthology, like each episode's a different thing. Um, uh, she was in one episode of I Think You Should Leave, um, one episode of Angie Tribeca, one episode of American Vandal, one episode of House, and one episode of Six Feet Under. Uh, Dr. Seth Honicki, uh, Hickey from Honicki is <laughs> felony. <laughs> Is the dentist? Do you uh, take a second? You got it. No, I'm good. Yeah, it wasn't okay. funny. It just it it rhymed, so it made me laugh. So his name is Rick Peters. Um, he was in one episode of Castle, one episode of The Mentalist. Uh, let me just say right now, hey, I feel if if you haven't joined Patreon and you get a kick out of one episode of The Mentalist, I don't know, maybe join Patreon pretty soon here. Nine episodes of Dexter, one episode of Bones, two episodes of Heroes. He was in the 2006 Aquaman TV movie. Uh, Six episodes of Veronica Mars. I can only imagine he played a similar role on Veronica Mars. Uh, He was on one episode of Smallville. He was in Leprechaun 4, colon, in space. Oh, that's that's a good one. The ti- I've never seen it, but that's- the title All alone the makes movies. me. Yeah, it. <laughs> my 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 space horror movie that is is mine is Jason X, but I can I can absolutely agree that there's there's room in the neighborhood. Um, Colin, he you was in the eighth- Leprechaun, but it's so good. I, no, but I haven't seen Leprechaun four. Oh, Leprechaun oh four okay. colon in space. Correct. Yeah, I've seen I've definitely seen the first Leprechaun. And then with Jennifer Aniston, and then Leprechaun in the Hood, which is, as far as I'm aware, the most critically acclaimed. Uh, I don't know if I've seen the other ones, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, mm-hmm. or any of the other ones, rather. Uh, he was in the Ace Ventura video game. Oh. Not any of the movies, the video game. He did a voice uh, on that, and then he was on one episode of Full House. Wow. Um, yeah. He played the same character on Full House, too, actually. <sighs> did he? Did I he? hope Yikes. not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> he he has he's a an unfortunate uh, character actor. Um, <laughs> Albert. <laughs> There's a real issue with typecasting, and he's like, "What is happening?" And they're like, "Well, <sighs> you've you've given me another one of these scripts. You, <sighs> get me Rick Peters. It's just get who me. is it? It's I don't know what it's from, but it is a." It's definitely a sketch that I've seen where it's like, again, it's not that the guy himself is that way, but it's that like, for, it's that thing of, well, you just give us that energy, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that actor that we've said has played Hitler in like five movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that must suck because he's like, can't wait to be in this other movie. They're like, well, the, um, the problem is that the only thing we've been able to book you for is this movie. He's like, great. And they're like, you are playing Hitler again. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. When I was in college, I got typecast as Bugs. <laughs> Bugs. I Bugs Bunny? 
No, like like insects. Like insects. insects. Yeah. Is um, it because of, of, of your six appendages? Yeah, that's I I think that has something to do with it, but I you know that you know that quote that's been going around from like Phineas and Ferb of like if I had a nickel for every time oh, this right. happened, yeah. I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's wow, weird but that it's it happened twice. twice. Yeah. I played yeah. in college shows. I was a bumblebee and then a centipede. Hmm. Like back hmm. to back. They were just like this guy bugs. And one of them one of them was this James and the bugs. Giant Peach. Like, so there's like there's like a lot of bugs in that show, of you course, know? Yeah, like, there's only one. But the other one was the rest of the cast was humans. It wasn't B movies. <laughs> Why were you a bumblebee then? Uh it was a collection of short one acts that concluded with uh a woman who was trying to find love in New York City and a man-sized bumblebee comes to her front door and is like, hey, we need a queen. I uh, think, metamorphosis too. Uh, yes, yeah. that's really funny. <laughs> I, well, I started to say this earlier, but I, I think in space. We, we moved on from it. But I was going to say, is it because like you were going through a real Kafka phase? Was that the mm. situation? If you're like, yeah. hi, I've turned into a bug. Thank you. Uh, yeah, bug I woke snacks. up I woke up and I, I, was, I was a big beetle in my bed and I said, ugh, this sucks. What a, this has been a hard day, hard day's night. Yeah. <laughs> boo. Boo. Boo this this man. is um, this is Gif. this has been a real Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. <laughs> well, listen, folks. Ringo still says to this day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, rubber soul out of here, as I always uh, say. <laughs> uh, I will rubber I just soul. Say, I barely know her. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, centipedes are, are kylopods. All right, so let's keep going on. That's my the, favorite uh, character from those sequels. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. This All show. right, so uh, the uh, gemologist slash jeweler, does he have a name? Of course he does. His name is Albert. Uh, he is played by a man with the unfortunate name of Stephen Hack. He tried to be oh. a stand-up comic, but they <laughs> did not. It did not go well. Mm. Um, he was in one episode of Ratchet, uh, which is that uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest spinoff, prequel, I don't know. Um, one episode of American Horror Story. He was the he was Lab Tech number one in the 2015 Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, he was in one episode of Criminal Minds. He was patient number two in Thor two. Uh, he that's got to be the scene with Selvig, I think, in Thor two. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, he has been in two episodes of The Mentalist. Oh, so. that's crazy. Recurring character, same character. Um, funnily enough. Um, wait, hang how on. Would I you know mean that? the same character in the Mentalist in both episodes, or do you mean that he plays the jeweler from here also in the Mentalist? The first one. The okay, first one. I was like, because we made a joke earlier about that with someone else. I was like, which way are we going on this one? Right, right. Somebody call uh, up Feige and ask where the Mentalist is in the MCU. On. Uh, Patreon.com slash the scavengers network. It's in between uh, the Mission Impossible scenes. Uh <laughs> um is that the thing just, that you were trying to tease to me earlier? I'm, I'm 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 watching The Mentalist. I got the DVDs from the library and I've been cross referencing what episodes people from our show That's incredible appear in. And I've taken pictures of them on the Mentalist and them in the part of the MCU they're in, and I'm gonna post them and uh the first one is Frank, the homeless guy who who uh, yeah. wants the scotch and not the burger. 
uh, was the grieving father of the first victim of the first episode. I do just I do just want to say super super he fast. Was good. We can we can move past this quickly, but I I do want to say I think it's fascinating that we should at some point maybe make some sort of like leaderboard uh, because there was a point in time in which the biggest connecting point for people was in an episode of Bones. Uh, Bones uh-huh. was at one point like the big hit, and now suddenly it's become the Mentalist. And now that could just be this guy. Uh, and the thing about what you've just said is uh, it's something I've done before. I've had the thought, what's the most common credit between right. characters in like Newsies and Crossroads? Right. I have all those spreadsheets. And that was may- when I was maybe in the Bones is mental breakdown. Bones also could have been like Captain America and maybe it's the mentalist for Peggy Carter. Right. Uh, so mm. that does make me want to... Um, Make a leaderboard to do to do to do that. Yeah, you um, boys are gonna drive yourselves crazy. Drive. I <laughs> I'm own, sorry. I I'm already it. there. I own it. Uh, let's see. All right. So two episodes of Mentalist. One episode of Bones. One episode of West Wing. <laughs> you brought up Bones. I was like, I know. this is amazing. And also uh, West Wing is something that we talked West about. Wing West Wing is yeah. Yep. Uh, the master. I think West Wing. Uh, is Captain is more Captain America First Avenger. Um, but I'll have data on that after I. Um, That's Star Trek. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> I'm a podcaster, Colin. I'm not a spreadsheet obsessive. <laughs> I'm both. Uh, he was also in The Master of Disguise. Oh, uh, which has come up chestnut. previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Minority Report, one episode of Angel, one episode of Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell which yeah, is where they rules. rescue people very fast. And. Uh, <laughs> That shouldn't have made me laugh. I don't know. Okay. And he was in one episode of Early Edition, which is about a future newspaper. Um, I haven't seen it, but Aaron was surprised that I hadn't seen it when it came up on Newsies when I was doing this exact same segment on Newsies Minute. Uh, The women that slap Jarvis, uh, the first one is what? I said, oh, good. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Edith Oberon. Is the character's name? Uh, this is the small Asian woman. She is played by a woman named Krista Marie Yu, and she was on all eight, all eight episodes of Reboot, the recent Hulu TV show, which is very very good. Uh, as kind of a mainish character that I was in the midst of watching when I was doing these notes, and I was like, "That is her." Wow, good for you. So um, she gets that all the time, and I don't want to point it out. So one episode <laughs> of the 2021 Carmen Sandiego show uh, and three episodes of the Thundermans. Now, it's the 2021. Did you see the 2021 Carmen Sandiego show? Yeah. I heard oh. about it. Was it good? It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's a trivia show still? No, the it's the, the Carmen Sandiego like, cartoon oh, okay. TV show thing that came out in the last few years here yeah, yeah. Uh, was a Netflix show that was kind of like Indiana Jones reverse. Where she was like trying to get art of like things that have been stolen back to where they belonged. That is, uh, and that rules. Oh yeah, it belongs to the museum. Did right, they? Right. Yeah, yeah. Did they oh, still do? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did they still do uh, the the where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Did they still do that? Uh, I th- I don't think they do quite that, but at one point someone does say that line, and, sure. and it's kind of like, uh, uh. uh I, I will say Rockapella is on TikTok, 
um, yes. if you're interested. So mm-hmm. that's uh, tight. I also uh, do have the cassette tape of the soundtrack to the early 1990s game show "Where in the World Is Con in San Diego," which is dude. The video games fucking ruled as a kid. Uh, they did. Games. I only had "Where in America's History Is Carmen Sandiego," which feels like a stretch, but it does um, stick in my mind. I had "Where in the World" and also "Where in Time." I Where think is Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, that was the that was the SNES version to my Sega Genesis "America's Past," um, where we we're like, "Fuck the world." Um, but it did come with a big ass almanac. Did your games all come with like a reference book? I I honestly don't remember. It's been so long. I'm it so sorry. Nice. Um, just one quick thing: the the villains all had punny names in the Carmen Sandiego games, and mm-hmm. uh, the dish liver and onions. Um, I don't, I've never had it. I probably will never have it. But there was a villain in Where in America's Past was Carmen Sandiego, named Laverne Onions, and I think of that often, quite often, in fact. Laverne Onions, yeah, fascinating. Uh, and she was on three episodes of The Thundermans, which is a superhero television show that my children really like. Um, and it's fine. Yeah, that's it's that than, is a good. It's better than, yeah, it's, it's fine. Better than Henry Danger for the most part. Um, I guess is my is my uh, review. Uh, Thelma Crawford is another one of the people. Uh, she is played by someone named Yasmin Acker or Aker. Uh, she was in Divergent. Josephine, who doesn't get a last name, is played by a woman named Victoria Profeta, which is my favorite kind of uh, cheese from Canada. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> she was in uh, Bombshell, which is that movie that has like Margot Robbie and Charlize Theron and another blonde woman, and they're on the cover and they're looking all blonde and whatever. She's in that. I don't know what's about bombshells. I guess I don't know. <sighs> uh, and small boy, my hero. Small boy is played by a guy named Kellen Michael. Kellen sounds like it would be his first name, last name redacted. Kellen Michael, you get over here. Uh, but his name is like Kellen Michael Crawford. But um, uh, he was in one episode of Scorpion, so that means you can see him grown up. Yes, or at least ish. Uh, and he was in one episode of South Park, which is funny. That's uh, fascinating. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. Can I can I um, take y'all down? A, a little tangent real quick please oh, somewhere yeah. somewhere in there when we were talking about carmen san diego somebody offhandedly mentioned rockapella for like a second yeah and i was frantically googling for the next several minutes did rockapella do the chili's baby back ribs ad because i had thought did that they? they did no they didn't it no. was a different acapella group but no, in, in that moment i was guy... like was that rockapella <laughs> The guy that wrote that song, by the way, and that was the the one that did the the low voice in it, yeah, uh, did die nine years ago. Oh, and I, it's weird that I know that, but it was in recently a podcast that I listened to, and they mentioned it. And they were like, "Oh, is he still around? We should have him, like, you know, do it." And they're like, "Well, that would be hard since he's been dead for nine years." And they were like, "Oh." Well, you could have opened with that. They're like, because they got really excited about the possibility of talking to him. They're yeah, like, oh dude, shit! Dude, yeah. Uh, hey, you guys, you know what? Um, what Dooley was saying to the the rest of the team after Peggy got a got away from them after after Automat. This isn't gonna be funny. Hang on. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Let's hear I it. want my piggyback, piggyback, piggyback. <laughs> I want my piggyback, piggyback, piggyback. Uh, boy. Doolies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Most of the I'm former sorry. members of Rockapella have remained in the singing business since their departures. Altman, Keys, Evett, and non-Rockapella member baritone Kevin Wiest now compromised an acapella group called The Groove Barbers. They were cast in a nationwide television ad for Astalin nasal spray as the Astalins. They focus more on Altman's originals, barbershop arrangements, and acapella doo-wop than covers of pop songs. Altman has also released three solo albums and two Jewish comedy albums one of which to go along with his solo comedy act, Jumungus. Whoa. <laughs> okay. He's still alive. Barry Carl? The, the, bass, the bass voice from Rockapella? Barry Strauss Carl, born April 20th, I didn't say from Rockapella. I was talking about a different guy. We're talking about the Chili's guy. Yeah, we're talking about the Chili's guy, not Rockapella. Okay, uh, sorry, you said the guy that wrote that? Yeah. And we were talking about two different songs? Yeah. Because as was saying, did Rockapella sing the Chili song? Mm-hmm. And they didn't, yeah. Right. And so you said the guy that wrote that, and I assumed that we were still talking about the- Still talking about Rockapella, I think, yeah. So that was yeah. what I was frantically Googling, because I was like, I just saw him on a TikTok, and I don't think it was from an old <laughs> thing, so I'm not sure what we're doing here. That's some backrooms found footage bullshit. <laughs> He's defying all odds. Oh, yeah. no, uh, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, that was it. Uh, Kellen Michael was the last one of my Avengers Ensemble. Sorry. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Uh, oh, thank God. Oh, sorry, my indefinite reference was confusing. Sorry about no, no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought for a second what you were saying was, oh, actually, this guy is dead, and it was found. Oh, no, place. I understand. It was going to make me feel was. terrible. I was going to be like, I can't, I can't laugh at that. That's awful. Uh, anyway, uh, James, should we break into the the Stark uh, vault and steal some shit? Yeah. Um, so let's do that. So I want to talk about Patreon because I already brought it up before and I want to just bring it up again. For sure. Um, patreon.com slash the scavengers network is where you can go to find all sorts of Patreon bonus content, which includes written stuff, uh, audio stuff, audio video stuff. It's like a one dimensional, two dimensional, three dimensional thing. Then there's an option. I think the million dollar option is we come to your house. Um, so that's the fourth dimensional one. Uh, fourth dimension is time. So from $2 a month up to a million dollars, which is an actual tier you can you can subscribe to on our Patreon, um, you can get access to all this bonus content. It has stuff from me, Colin, me, Aaron, Colin, Aaron, Mason, and that's it. No, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm on Jordan there. Reed has as, stuff. As, as has I? stuff, of course, of course, of course. But there's also something that I'm going to start uh, start doing, which I have t- uh, already talked about, about The Mentalist here, um, and that is going to be all available on patreon.com slash the scavengers network as yeah i really appreciate you joining us on these shows that are both chill <laughs> and fun and to listen cool to. and cool and, and, and fun and, and great. night and great and and you're great and we are also here podcasting with you and colin's great and i am also here podcasting with him so mm. That's going to do it for us for today. Uh, and James to... is great. Thank you. James, James is I made great. you wait for it. I was <laughs> actually finished now. Um, <laughs> I am so sorry. Please cut that. Please cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave it in. It's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Um, that's going to do it for us. We're going to join that for one more episode in uh, season one of Agent Carter. Uh, 
<laughs> but never again. as always, oh, I am well, James Anderson. Contrary to what you said at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I'm Colin Parker. <laughs> I'm as Werner Reinhardt is still in prison. <laughs>